Hi, I am Tam. You are listening to the Sincerely Her podcast. If you have never considered using visual thinking to solve your problems, there is no better time than now to change that. I figured that there is no better way to start the new year than by sharing with the world one of its best kept secrets, the gym that is Ingrid Lil. Who is Ingrid Lil, you may ask? Ingrid is the person you turn to when struggling to pin down that one special thing about you and your business. She's the person you seek if you are trying to figure out your superpower. Visual thinking can be a vital tool for effectively developing and communicating your ideals. Armed with a unique set of skills and an interesting story-driven framework, Ingrid can help you express your message through a visual process. She shows you how to see words as pictures and connect the dots. In one session, she can help you to sketch the big picture of your ideal so you walk away with clarity, a fresh perspective, and a master plan to communicate. I stumbled upon Ingrid Lil's website about a year ago and immediately devoured all she had to offer. After all, I love visuals and Ingrid serves them up in an easy-to-digest way. Through her brand storyboarding sessions, Ingrid uses her magic wand, her pencil, to help coaches, consultants, and creatives find clarity. She makes it easy for you to see yourself and your business with fresh eyes by using visual thinking. By trade, Ingrid is a communication designer turned business coach who loves all things visual. She describes herself as a business coach with a pencil, but as you are about to learn from my candid conversation with her, she is so much more. You are listening to the Sincerely Her podcast. This isn't an ordinary podcast. This is a podcast that will help you find clarity and win. That's so great. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Let's get started. You describe yourself as a business coach with a pencil. Can you explain what you do as a visual coach using visual thinking? Yes. I used to be a graphic designer and I used to work as an art director and I did communication design, making websites for people. What became clear to me at some point is that my clients weren't as clear as they should be for a good communication. And various things happened. We we can go into my, my history or my story a little bit later. But I noticed that when I think through problems or through what I want to say, I always make scribbles because of my visual background. And then I found out that it helps my clients too to see their problems or their what what they're doing, all their ideas laid out visually on a, on a piece of paper. And that's why before they do a website or before they communicate something, get clear about the various pieces, how it all fits together to see the big picture of their business or their brand. Many people I, I work together with have many ideas and don't know how to connect them all or what to focus on. Yes, that would be me. (laughs) Did you choose your career path or did it choose you? Can you briefly give us a bit of your background, starting with what type of career you wanted to pursue 
when you were young and how you got to where you are now? When I was a child, I was an artist or a magician or a storyteller. So I did nothing but paint and talk and tell stories and draw stories and invent toys and stuff. This was just me. Then for some stupid reason, if somebody's interested in creative stuff, they get put into the art drawer. And everybody told me you can't make money as an artist. So I tried to study something reasonable when I was finished with school, although I always loved drawing and all things visual, but I didn't have a, an idea what to do with it. And I started studying law. And <laughs> I can recommend to anybody who is creative and uh, doesn't know what to do to try to study law. After two <laughs> weeks, I knew this is not it. And I need to do something creative. That was just after these two weeks, it was like crystal clear. So I don't see these two weeks of uh, studying law as wasted because since then I knew what I wanted. And I did some research and I found out there's something called visual communication that I, it was a hundred years ago, I studied in Germany. And then I tried out many different things throughout the years until a few years. It's not that long ago. It's maybe four years ago or five. I came back to my original love of drawing and storytelling. So it's like a, a full circle. I feel like I'm doing what I have been doing as a child. That is telling stories and drawing and making magic and uh, putting stuff together. And yeah, it's fun. That's awesome. Are you originally from Germany or from... Yes. Okay. And yeah, you... I'm, I'm from Germany. And then I lived uh, in various places in Spain. And now I'm in Denmark. I know you have helped people get unstuck and move forward. Reading reviews from people you have worked with, your strength seems to be helping people find clarity, which is what this mm -hmm. podcast is all about. Mm -hmm. What do you believe your superpower is? My superpower is, is actually listening, listening to the story beneath the surface that my clients are telling me. And I try to listen for a theme, a topic that goes through. Some people are already know what they want to do and they just need help communicating it. Some people don't know what to focus on. And I have developed various uh, visual models because I'm thinking visual, so I'm drawing it all up and then I'm composing a story. And, and then I'm, I'm drawing a picture of their story. And I can see and feel if it's round and beautiful or if something is missing. And for them, it helps also to have their ideas where we do that in, in real time. So on Zoom, I talk with them and I share my screen and I can see what I'm, what I'm drawing. How has drawing transformed your business? I know you draw for other people, but like, how has it transformed your business? Well, I haven't been drawing for many years, just a little bit for fun here and there. But I didn't dare to do illustrations for my own business. So I was a graphic designer and I used stock photos like everybody else because I thought I wasn't professional enough or yeah, not good enough in, in drawing. It didn't even occur to me to use drawings professionally. And then I discovered graphic facilitation, which is when you at conferences and stuff where people draw these pictures of what, what they, they're hearing. And I thought this is fascinating. So I, I looked into that and then that's how I rediscovered drawing. 
that drawing doesn't have to be art. It can be simple and it can be about communication. Then I did that or I'm still doing it if somebody wants it, being at seminars at, or, or conferences and drawing there. But uh, it hasn't happened during COVID at all. So now I'm doing it online, mostly. That's kind of the way of the future, it seems like. <laughs> we had a discussion offline about how I found out about you. And I don't remember exactly how, but I do believe it was when I was searching for someone. I think I'm a hybrid. I think everybody is creative. But there are mm. people like you who are exceptional at creating things. And then there are people like me who have a lot of creative ideals. But I also know I'm very analytical. I'm business, but I'm creative. So I, I consider myself a hybrid. But mm. I had this ideal to have a website that was completely illustrated. The name mm -hmm. of the podcast is Sincerely Her. And mm -hmm. for many years, I've, I actually own the trademark for Sincerely Her, for the name. And for many mm -hmm. years, I've had this thought, okay, I want to do something that consists of drawing, but I don't draw. <laughs> Saying that to say, I discovered you when I was looking for someone to draw. So just know that there is a business, as you know, in this creative and illustrating and storyboarding. So yeah, yeah. that was a complete but, uh, the, the things I, I, I do illustrations, mm -hmm. but I, I don't want to brand myself as an illustrator because I don't want to do anything that doesn't make sense. Yes. Therefore, I developed this, this framework and want to first find out what the business is about and then make the drawings. So after I've looked at who is the client, what are they suffering from? And now, now we're in, in my, my service already. It's called brand storyboarding. And I draw what is happening in, in the business, like the clients before, what they're suffering of and uh, what, what is their pain and how do they feel? What is the bigger problem in the world for them? So that's something I'm drawing and writing. I'm doing also a lot of writing. Yes, because I enjoy all your emails. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And then I draw the on the right side what their vision, what what they're dreaming of, what what is paradise for them, what do they want in the future? And once I know that, I know how the illustrations have to look like. Before it's a little bit more vague. It can be a lot more vague. This is my process. My next question is actually about your storyboarding. As I mentioned, I've followed you for quite some time now, and I've actually seen your transformation with your business and how you've changed over your website and you have mm. adopted the Donald Miller story brand yeah. framework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of Donald Miller. I actually yeah. have his book right next to me. In your storyboarding sessions, what key strategy do you use to guide your clients from their problems to a solution? First is I find out who their clients is and what their clients are suffering from. So I reverse the perspective. I've, Donald Miller has been a big inspiration for, for my work and I tried to apply it to my own business, but I couldn't do it. I just couldn't wrap my head around it. And first, when I put it out on paper, I could see it from outside in a way. And that's what I'm doing now. It's so difficult to see our business from, from outside. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Yeah. You need a mirror and either a coach or somebody who is just telling you, reflecting what you're saying, or you can draw it yourself. 
<laughs> it can be a, a stickman. Doesn't have to be intricate. And my my drawings are also pretty simple. So you can just draw uh, who is my client, stickman to the left, and what is their problem, and then you write a few words. And for some reason, I really think it helps if you have the problem as a drawing. It's like an anchor you can go back to. If it's just a bunch of words, then it's it doesn't tell me so much. But if I have a visual anchor, I say, can this person in this situation hear what I'm saying? Do they understand the, the name of my product? Isn't this so complicated? Do they want to learn about something or do they just want to lose weight or whatever it is? So, yeah, I can recommend it. It doesn't have to be complicated, this drawing. I encourage anyone listening to the podcast to head over to your website, which I will provide in the podcast description. I've read, I believe, almost all of your blog posts, which really? are, yeah, because when I first discovered you, I bookmarked you and then I went back. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty, I hope that didn't sound creepy, but. <laughs> no, it's no. great I, because I, I obviously you never know. I don't even have these analytics <laughs> installed on my website, so I don't know if anybody's reading it. I should oh, really yeah, you should do that. But here's the thing we all know is that you never know who's watching you. I learned mm. that very early on in life. You just never know. Yeah, I could go on and on about how great you are, but oh, I encourage people to head over to your website so they can look at some of your storyboarding to get an idea of what we're talking about. Is there something specific you do to get your creativity flowing? Uh, what do I do? I sit down and wait until <laughs> it helps if I have a deadline. It helps to do it every day. Regularity is really important. The problem for me is not to get my creativity going because th this is kind of overflowing and it's more that the bigger problem is to select what is it I want to concentrate today and what do I want to work on today? Because I, as my clients, <laughs> I have too many ideas and, uh, yeah, that's common. And it, it really helps me to post. I write almost a daily email to my list and I admire everybody who stays on the list, but I get good feedback. <laughs> and I do that as a creative practice for myself, a, a writing practice. And I also started about a year ago to post on LinkedIn daily, almost daily, and uh, which is also great because you get immediate feedback What what gets more resonance. It takes some time until the, the algorithm notices you. But this regularity helps to develop your voice and develop to find out what you want to say. This is a big part of the business. You have to publish your ideas unless you just want to be a, this best kept secret. <laughs> and my business also worked before I did all that. I was uh, sitting at home and sometimes people, and, and it was all word of mouth. And I got jobs that were sometimes interesting and sometimes not. Until when I got a job that was not so interesting, I thought, I'm getting too old for that. I, I want <laughs> to do something more interesting. I don't want to waste my life making a brochure that, that doesn't interest me. And that's when I started for the first time to post every day back back then on, on Facebook diary drawings. And that's how I, how I got into the, the drawing habit. And maybe for somebody else, it's not the drawing habit. Maybe it's the singing habit or the speaking habit or like 
talking about your topic habit, but you don't know what you want to say unless you start talking. This is true. You mentioned LinkedIn. What's the biggest no-no you see creators making, whether on social media, LinkedIn, or on their websites? I don't know about no-nos, but I know that a lot of stuff is boring. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There are some people who obviously or look like uh, have are very successful with their social media that don't interest me. I go for being authentic and not trying to appear something that you aren't. That yes. is, I think, terrible and boring. And maybe they make money with it, but it's not something that interests me. And making money does interest me, but to consume <laughs> that content. <laughs> content. I also get clients from posting. So it's fun and it helps me develop my, my voice and it's creative practice. And people start noticing after some time. I do have a big no-no, okay. by the way. <laughs> and that is to have a profile that, that talks only about you. Also, the, the profile should be storytelling and, and, and showing your ideal customer, your dream client, how you can help them. That's what business is about. So that's very much the Donald Miller. You're the guy and your client or yes. customer is the hero in the story. Yes. Yeah. And I'm the guide and inspirator and helper. Speaking of guides, did you have any mentors or do you have any mentors? And if so, who? And if not, who in your head would be your ideal mentor? I, I bought Donald Miller's course when it still was expensive. I had also a story brand guide look at my business. But yes, I had uh, several mentors. The last group I was in, uh, or as I still am, is Marketing for Hippies, Ted oh. Margrave, <laughs> who I think is wonderful. And not it's not the typical Rara marketing speak, which I can stomach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another one that is not so commercial. And that I will look more into is George Cow. I'm not familiar with him. Yeah, he's about authentic business. Do you follow Seth Golden? Yes. Uh, okay. Yes, of course. But I didn't want to state the obvious. <laughs> well, no, uh, you know, some people don't agree with Seth. I actually, yeah, yeah, he's great. I had the pleasure of hearing him speak a few years ago in Detroit, Michigan at Ford headquarters. Um, I was invited out by Ford for a conference and he was one mm -hmm. of the speakers. And then randomly, I live in Los Angeles. I was going into the supermarket here in Manhattan Beach and I saw this guy sitting outside and I was like, oh, I love his glasses. And I was like, wait, that's up. And I, <laughs> I hated to interrupt him because I'm not a person. This is Los Angeles. You see celebrities all the time, but I was like, I'm so sorry for bothering you. I, I, I told him, I said, I just want to let you know, I heard you speak a few years ago and I've read some of your books. You're freaking awesome. And he was like, oh, thank you. And he was very nice about it. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm too. And, and I, I also did uh, some of his courses, mm -hmm. like the storytelling course story. Yeah. Everyone comes to you, it seems like, to help with their business. Who is the one person that you bounce ideals off of and why? Do you have that go-to person for yourself? My husband, but he often doesn't want to talk to me about it because 
<laughs> because uh, I'm I'm sitting here alone. And <laughs> but yes, if if it's important, he he's willing to to listen. Going back to marketing. Can you let me know what's the best advice you would offer someone who is struggling with how to market their services? Talk to your clients. Find out what is their problem, what do they need, what before they like similar products or similar services. And this is actually also how my brand storyboarding was born. Uh, because I wanted to, because I know that drawing is so helpful. I, I thought I have to teach drawing. And, and I do have a drawing class. But I thought, Maybe I, I could do some one-to-one coaching or so for, for people who really want to use drawing in their business. And then I talked to some on, that I met on Facebook who said that they were interested. And it turned out that they, they weren't really interested in learning to draw. And then when I talked with this one woman, Stephanie, I found out that she didn't know what to draw, that she wasn't clear. And then, then we reversed it. We were on Zoom and then I showed her my, my, my paper and I started drawing. And that's how it started. It was a customer conversation. <laughs> oh, interesting. What's been your biggest challenge transitioning from being a freelance graphic designer and art director to now business owner? I didn't really know what a business was before. All this, uh, how much time you have to spend on marketing or on, on communicating and just being visible, making yourself visible. It takes a lot of time. And I always thought, it's less important than client work. And now I know that if I want the client work that I want to do, I just have to do the same thing for myself. So I'm now using at least as much time on my own business as I do on, on client stuff. Looking at your drawings, your creativity is very vivid. How does inspiration flow to you? Is there a process? Do you meditate, visualize? Do you look through magazines? Like, What's your process? Yes, I don't meditate. <laughs> I go for walks and I do yoga, but I, I do sit too much at my computer. And I mean, you can't avoid being bombarded with visual inspiration from all. It's actually more, I think, to not look at too much stuff. I do it also, but if I, I hate being on Instagram because there's <laughs> too much there. So I'm not really browsing Instagram. There's so many people there who are great in some way. And I think this is something I could do. And this is something I could, oh, I should try that too. And it's, it's distracting. Yeah. Shiny objects. Yes. Yeah. And I decided at some point I, I do this black line drawing and one color or two colors and keep it simple. And sometimes I try something else. But I mean, I also do art secretly. <laughs> yeah. I build dolls weird dolls and i paint and and i do light projections at, at uh, street events here locally oh those are awesome i mentioned this offline but one of my longtime clients we had a business together and for some of the events that we did together we would have the light projections so we mm -hmm. would do our logo and different catchy phrases i love that yeah. And what I'm doing is I'm, I'm drawing people who come by. So, oh, wow. Like really quick sketches. Then I talk with them and it's what, what I do also online. I talk with them and, and do a little uh, portrait. And then I ask if they have something, some message to the world. And then I write it there and I draw on my iPad and it gets projected big onto the house wall. Or I do it also at a museum here. 
As someone who has talked to so many entrepreneurs and business owners about building their personal brands, what makes a great brand? Oh, there are a thousand ways. I can say what I think is interesting is authenticity. This is one of my, my big things. And I'm not interested in these brands who, who shout and are about money only. Let's phrase it a different way. What's one crucial element you believe makes a brand popular? Like what gets your attention first? If there's some kind of uniqueness or if it's focused on something, it can be really heartfelt or it can be really quirky or serious. I think a brand is interesting if I can feel who it is who's talking, no matter if it's a one person or a more person. Uh, it's brand voice. Brand voice. Yeah, if okay. brand voice is clarity. Clarity. <laughs> yeah, it's clarity. Yeah. You have any advice or what advice would you offer a creative if they were searching for things they could do now that would set them apart to be successful? Find your your strengths. One one thing is your your strengths and these might not be obvious to you. This is probably something that's easier to see from outside. And Use them. Don't concentrate on all the shortcomings. And the other thing is really look at what is difficult for you or what has been difficult for you. And I think the, the riches are there. I'm for some weird reason. I'm now doing all the stuff that I thought I'm, I'm bad at. <laughs> I didn't know what to do at all with my life and what to focus on and what to concentrate on. And now I'm helping people to get clarity because I had to somehow work my way through and I know how it feels and how how to get out of it or the other thing I'm now making money with is or, or I'm, I'm I'm doing is teaching easy illustration as a business drawing how to even if you think you can't draw and as I said I, I thought for the longest time that I can draw well enough to use it professionally and that's what I'm now teaching when did you have your aha moment about everything about everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, when was it like, aha? Uh -huh. Oh, my life is a constant aha uh -huh moment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Still. But about the brand storyboarding, it was this mo moment when I talked with Stephanie, who wanted to do a coaching business, and then we reversed the roles. I didn't want to teach her to draw anymore, but I, I drew what it was, what she was telling me. This was an aha moment. Oh, they don't have to learn to draw. <laughs> I can draw. <laughs> <laughs> You're accomplished and you just talked about everything that you've done. You have worked with business owners as a graphic designer. I know you've done a little bit of web designing. You've mm -hmm. done some illustrations. What's the biggest goal you set and accomplished? Because sometimes we do things and it just kind of flows. But what was actually a goal that you set for yourself and you actually accomplished it? I wanted to do something that is fun and doesn't feel like work and energizes me. That, that was my goal for my work life and, I, and to make money doing that and that I have accomplished. And of course it can be more and I want to grow and reach more people, but uh, actually proud of that. What motivates you to keep going? Because it's still fun and so many things to explore. Yeah. It keeps me going. Also, my, my clients. I, I love them all. <laughs> for, for some reason, I only 
seem to attract great people. Probably because what I'm doing is a little bit weird and more unusual. So people who are attracted by what I'm doing are on my wavelength. So, yeah. Great people attract great people. Thank you. (laughs) What advice would you offer someone that is scared to take the leap? And I asked this question because I remember a blog post that you had about taking a leap. You know, those people who have great ideals but are afraid to pull the trigger. What advice would you have for them? Start small and publish something. I mean, it depends on where they are, what the leap would be for them. For some people, it's to become visible. And that means posting on social media mostly or reaching out to whoever it is you you need to read. You you, you know (laughs) what the jump is. And for some people, it is uh, putting an, uh, an offer out there. If, if if you want to try something new, you don't have to rebuild your whole business. That's not what I've done. What I did is I created this one offer, the brand storyboarding, and put it on my website, like on first on on a side page, but then quickly on on the on the starting page. And it was just one product that I was offering, one one service and. Then I built my my branding around that, my new branding. You have said publish your work a couple of times while we've been talking. Mm-hmm. It's Are you familiar with Austin Kleon? Yes. Okay. Yes. You know, he has him. the book, Show Your Work. Yes. I actually have all three of the books. Yeah. We talked offline, to- but I'm like, I think in another life, I should have been an illustrator. I've always been, I don't want to use the word captivated, but I just love packaging and drawings and illustrations. That's kind of like my thing. But yeah, I don't know why people are afraid to show their work. I know you mentioned that it was... I was, I was so scared of showing okay. my work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I remember the, the first time that I published it, that I showed a drawing, it was in a discussion about being in the now, something spir- spiritual that was discussed. And then I had a drawing that fitted perfectly in, into this discussion. Like a, just a simple drawing of, of a girl balancing on, on something on a spike called now, like a diagram. And I thought, this would fit here. And should I post it? And then I posted it just as a comment in a Facebook discussion. And my heart pounded. And I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, what was the big deal about that? <laughs> but yeah, it was the first time I posted an illustration. And it gets better. It gets easier to be visible. Yeah, it's a mindset thing. Many entrepreneurs and business owners, they lack the proper mindset to succeed. Can you offer one mindset tip that has helped you? Yes, ignore mindset. Just do it. Just do it. And uh, it's with with practice and, and the, the decision to post. And nobody sees it anyway in the beginning. Because it takes some time until uh, the the algorithm notices you. I hate that word algorithm sometimes. <laughs> because we're of age where yeah. we didn't know much about the algorithm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now it's such a big thing. Yes. What's the hardest lesson you learned from running your business and working with clients one-on-one? The hardest lesson? Well, you need a lot of clients to, to make a living. That there's uh, bookkeeping, yeah. Know, know your numbers. This is not my strong side. And then at some point you have to pay taxes. <laughs> That's 
don't ignore the numbers, but it, it hasn't been a hard lesson. It's just something that I don't enjoy doing, the math part. What's your next move? Can we expect to see you teaching more classes or expanding from one-on-ones? Like in five years, where do you see yourself? I actually want to do the same thing that I'm doing now also because I I love doing it. Maybe something else presents itself, but I just love it. I also have this group and maybe maybe if now my business grows, then I can take more one-to-one clients because there's that's limited. Then I want to do more group stuff. And I have this little business drawing club where we do drawing, but we also do business coaching. So you're doing group and one-to-ones, but you're perfectly happy. What advice would you offer a struggling creative entrepreneur? Well, it depends what what they're struggling with, but draw your business. <laughs> Make a <laughs> diagram of, uh, put it out on paper instead of, because if, if it's all in, in your head, it's difficult to get an overview. That's what I have to do if I'm, when I'm struggling with something. Get it out of my head and move it around and and sometimes i i use scissors and and i cut it up and make a collage out of what whatever problem i have i don't know if you saw that i have one uh, exercise the ideal day <laughs> the day in paradise with uh, scissors and glue stick did you? i don't know it works like that in order to get to your ideal day vision it's easier to draw the day from hell so you just draw yourself and with all the problems that you have and then you just cut it in pieces, destroy it, but, but not, not destroy, destroy, and then make a re- reverse it on, on a new piece of paper and take yourself in the middle and convert every single item, too little money, the wrong client, and you just turn it around and make the opposite. Yeah. Find, find the opposite and draw it into a new pa- piece of paper. And then you have a goal to draw, uh, to uh, work towards. So I have this thing that I like to have my day planned for the next day. So it's kind of like a rule of thumb, never go to bed without a plan for the next day. How do you operate? Are you? Yeah, this uh, is some, this is actually something I, I need to learn. Okay. So you just free flow every day. Obviously, I'm sure you have some plans, but I, I, I do have a plan, but I don't always stick to it. And I read a great advice the other day, which is don't have more than three things on your to-do list because you don't manage more anyway. Yes. So this, I think, is something I'm going to implement. And one of my three things every day is to make my post something on, on social media. And, and that is not just my breakfast or so. I try to say something. <laughs> you don't write them in advance? You write them each day? Interesting. I'm going to admit for my podcast, I try to sit down on Saturday and come up with my concepts and record everything. But to be perfectly honest, I get in a rhythm where I will wake up at like 2 a.m., come up with the concept and record it. But again, my podcast is bite-sized, so each episode is only two minutes. Mm-hmm. I also plan on at some point, I mean, I have loads of content and I could just schedule it and, and I, I will probably also at some point or pay somebody to do it for me. But the act of creating something in the moment every day. Uh, it's exhilarating. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have my final question. What would people be surprised to know about Ingrid? <laughs> I don't know. I'm tall. How I'm tall, tall are you? I'm, I'm six feet okay. tall. People are usually surprised when they see me in 
real life. <laughs> and your husband is how tall? I'm the smallest in the family. Wow. <laughs> my two sons and, and my husband are all taller than me. So when we walk around, it's like towering over others. <laughs> thank you so, so, so much. Well, thank you. Thank you for getting up so early. That was lovely. Lovely interview. Thank you so much. Great question. Thanks so much for listening to the Sincerely Her podcast. Remember, be you, trust yourself, be happy, travel, be authentic, have confidence, and never give up.